The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio and a veteran's place. And, you know, more I think about it, every place is a veteran's place. And uh, we should be so grateful to our veterans, uh, not only for what they did yesterday, but what they represent today. And if you have a friend that's a veteran or you're a veteran or you have a family member that's a veteran, be sure and tell them about a veteran's place and that uh, America's Web Radio honors veterans and has a number of places for them. We do a great show with Lieutenant Colonel Philip Farsberg. It's, uh, he's retired, but he spent a couple of tours in the Middle East, and Phil is an expert on many subjects, military and others, but uh, he's something to listen to. And uh, we'll go on later about other shows that we do for veterans, and we also respect our first responders. Uh, and I hope that we don't have to call on our first responders anytime too soon, other than their daily task of taking care of us. With that being said, we've got Dr. Don Muller. He's an MD. He's also a dentist. And he has a device that uh, there is uh, hope and there is a solution to uh, veterans that have PTSD and can't sleep at night. With that being said, we always start our military shows off with a silent prayer and ask for God to take care of our veterans. And then also we do a little something else after that and make sure that everybody's awake and up and going. So with that, we'll pause for a moment and we'll be right back. to America's Web Radio and a veteran's place. And we've got the one, the only, Dr. Don Moeller on this line with us. And I can hear him rustling around, so he must be there. Good morning, Don. Good morning, Dave. You always forget to mention that I was part of the Spec 5 Mafia uh, when I was enlisted for three years. <laughs> Very proud of that fact because, of course, we know that if you can't, get an officer to get the job done, you find the nearest Spec 5 or Spec 4, and they can they can make miracles happen. That's so, true. Uh, w- with that said, 
we're ready to start the show. Are you ready, Dave? I'm always ready. And uh, well, I went through that uh, specialist thing. I I was a little unusual going into basic in that I went into basic. Normally, you go in as a private's private, but I went in as a PFC, private first class, because I'd already been in for six months or so before I went to basic. So, uh, and then made spec four and then uh, E5 sergeant. And uh, so there you have it. And like you said, when, when the push comes to panic and you need something done, you go to that enlisted personnel and they get it done. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. So yeah. I find one, memories. Were... One way or the other, they get it done. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, we're going to do a couple interesting things today. Uh, I want to start off with a couple uh, good things about PTSD, nightmares, and sleep, and then we're going to move into the definition of veterans' place. Uh, this week, we're submitting another research paper that we we did. And we were treating, it's called nocturnal behavior disruptions uh, or disruptive behavior, whichever combination of words you want. A lot of veterans, when they uh, go to sleep at night, they thrash around and scream. And if you have your significant other, occasionally they get hit, and that is definitely not intentional. Well, uh, in this small study, uh, we found out that we not only does this device stop nightmares in well over 90% of the people, or soldiers, veterans, uh, it, it stops now, and we don't, we can't calculate the percentage, but most likely a, a high probability of thrashing around, uh, and screaming and whatever. We did not, we had an idea that that was happening, but we didn't do any kind of formal study in it. So that's, uh, very good news. Uh, I didn't expect this, but the blessings mount up. And if uh, this gets published, we'll probably use it to get a, a grant, hopefully from uh, a government agency to uh, help soldiers and first responders. And another thing that people don't understand, VA research is not just for the veterans. It, it's government research, and it trickles down to our first responders. Uh and, and, and obviously first responder medical care in, in the police environment, et cetera. So, uh, it's just not stuff they find, uh, for firemen and police, uh, it goes the other way as well. Uh, well, and here's something else. There's a big difference, uh, between a single event tragedy, uh, causing PTSD versus a, a chronic or a kind of a complex PTSD that you get going out on and doing your mission every day. And when you're loading the fire truck up or the squad car uh, or the EMTs, you know, getting your medicine box arranged and change the shift, you know the next time you open that, you know, the something will have hit the fan. And uh, that gut-wrenching stress is that causes PTSD in certain cases. That's a different kind of PTSD than single single event happenings. And so I'm saying that the police and 
firemen and EMTs and the nurses and first responder doctors, et cetera, you're closer when you get PTSD, much, much closer uh, to have the mm, diagnostic and, and treatment um, algorithms closer to the soldiers. I wanted to make that point clear. So uh, if your wife has been noticing or your sleep partner or your other, you know, if you're the, you have – you're the lady soldier. Uh, your husband's noted that you're thrashing around and screaming at people uh, that aren't there. Uh, we may have we may have very very good news for the majority of people that we can this device can stop this. And again, I'm not advertising. I'm letting you know that that exists. If you can't find a place to make one. Our website is uh, www.ptsdsleepguardian.com. And if you want, would like references to somebody who might make it, uh, we can we can direct you there. And, and the reason is, is the, the recipe to make these is published in the International Dental Journal, I think it was two years ago. It's got the recipe. So you can make these cookies. You can make cookies at home, and you can make these at home, uh, or your dentist can make them. Uh, for you. It's not top secret, and I purposely did not patent this device and published it so that uh, no corporation could get the corner on making these for soldiers. But at any rate, Dave, moving on, uh, I was thinking about the title of the show, A Veteran's Place, and then it hit me after this Hamas stuff went on, and maybe I ran in a few hours. Uh, a veteran's place is not just a um, watering hole for veterans, and we and I like that idea on the radio. A veteran's place is a sociological position of uh, a veteran in society, and we need to discuss and make veterans aware to consider where they are in in society and and what your role is now. We all know what Hamas does did to the Israelis. Uh, and one thing is sure that those Israelis who were murdered, slaughtered, there were questions on who is responsible, and they pointed to the military and immediately started questioning whether it was the military's responsibility to uh, correct this situation. And that's interesting because... When it comes to handing out kudos to veterans and having parades and events, the veterans don't turn around and point their fingers at the civilians and say, you know, this is your responsibility. And because, Dave, you and I know that it is. And, and it's, I'm also curious that the military recruiting now is pretty much in dire straits. Uh, they had a big conference this week in Washington to discuss it. And the outcome was they 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 think there's a quick fix and there's not. Uh, you don't have the core of veterans that are that are the younger age, uh, so that people can contact them and say, "Hey, how is the service?" Because as we've discussed, about 0.45 percent of the population is on active duty, and I think it goes up to eight. 9.8 or 0.9% if you include all the reserves. However, the government makes no mistake about it. They will not loan their equipment for parades. 
They will not loan it for private exhibitions or Boy Scout events. So they think that this uh, problem can be corrected with some glitzy advertising, and I, I don't think it's going to work. What do you think about that, Dave? I think the military was on the right track at one point uh, when they said, okay, we're going to be competitive with civilian jobs as we go forward to recruit and get new folks into the military. And um, I think they've always done a less than admirable job in going after uh, the uh, young person that's just graduated from high school or just graduated from college. And the the truth is that, uh, you know, Everybody has it in mind that if you join, you're joining the Army, and you're going to carry a weapon or a gun for civilians, and uh, that you're going to be shot at, you're going to shoot, and you're going to be shot at. And that's so far from the truth. And I've said this over and over again, no matter what your interest is, at whatever age you're at, one of the branches has something that will fill the bill for you, be it the Army or the Navy. Maybe you're into uh, uh, some type of uh, water uh, studies, uh, oceanary studies, and um, the Navy has all sorts of programs. The Air Force has all sorts of programs, and it's it just it, it's a, it's an occupation that should be looked into when you're trying to decide which way you want to go or what you want to do after graduation. And the greatest thing is that after you've been in the military and you get your honorable discharge, you become a very valuable property to corporate America because they know that you can finish something that you start. You have leadership skills, and you're a step ahead of the guy that's never been in the military. And that goes for women as well. And uh, it's, there's, in my opinion, there's no reason to be at 1% or less of the population joining the military. It's all, it's just like anything else. It's all marketing. And marketing should be aimed at those that are at the right age and the right place in life. I think that right. uh, given the right opportunity, we can have an all-volunteer military. And uh, right now we're, we'll come back to this after a quick break. We'll be back with Dr. Don after that. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Attention veterans with PTSD. If you can't sleep at night, listen to A Veteran's Place, hosted by Dr. Don Moeller, at 10 a.m., every Thursday, for your answer to sleeping, here on the Veteran's Station, owned by a vet, with shows just for vets. AmericasWebRadio.com 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on A Veteran's Place on America's Web Radio. And what I was mentioning is the fact that the military has all sorts of opportunities, and it should definitely be looked into. And as we go forward, that percentage of people in the United States should increase. We've got the greatest country in the world, and we prove it day in and day out. That doesn't mean that we have the greatest leadership in the world, all the time, but we have the greatest country in the world. And the possibilities of becoming a leader in the military are outstanding. Dave, yeah, that's true. Uh, No matter what you do in the military, and I've heard this, and like you say, time and time again, when you're 19 years old and you're... uh, going to college learning about English literature or whatever you're reading for your general education. The military, you're doing, you become an instant adult. You, you're totally different. When you're 21 and let's say you join when you're 18 for three years, when you leave the military at 21, uh, you're a totally different person uh, than you were when you entered, but you're totally different than your pals and buddies that went to college and don't really pretty much have a clue how the world's put together because uh, you've been given a lot of responsibility. And uh, I knew when I flunked out of college, essentially, or invited to leave, so to speak, uh, I was a goof off. And uh, <laughs> by the time by the time I finished in the military, the responsibilities I'd given really gave me uh, – the kick in the seat of the pants I needed to keep going. And Dave, I'm sure, you know, you pretty much learned that too. This is not a recruiting, you know, request from the Department of the Military with Defense to recruit listeners. But, you know, we preface this because the people that defend our country are the heroes. And here's something, Dave, that amazes me. You know, we all will get to that one room at that particular time that will raise our hand to defend the United States uh, from all enemies, foreign and domestic. But I don't remember ever, and that was witnessed by officers, you know, that was official, and you signed a document, as I recall. But at any rate, I never went to the, a room when I got out of the military or retired that said, okay, we're going to undo that oath. You, This is, you know, you, you no longer are going to defend the United States. Uh, Dave, did you, do you remember ever getting a reverse uh, oath? <laughs> no. And uh, I think you've just uh, announced something that has never happened. And uh, I, you know, I guess when you raise your hand, you you feel a chill and a responsibility and... I don't think that, I don't care how old you are, I think you go to the grave with that same responsibility. Whether it's spoken or not, I know you have a love of a country, love of flag. And um, one of the things that I always 
that always concerns me is that I do have a love for the flag, and uh, I don't know what I'd do if I came up on a group destroying our flag. I have no idea how I would react. I know how I mentally would react immediately, but, you know, it takes control, too. And you never lose that. And, in fact, if anything else, I would say over and over again, that feeling when you've raised your hand gets reinforced many times during your life. And I... I've never met a veteran that wouldn't say I was proud to serve. Right, Dave. And, you know, that's that's something uh, that is not pushed or, or, you know, the liberals, and I use that word, they're liberals, they know who they are. are the, we'll call them the free ride people. Somehow, somebody else is supposed to take care of it. And when you don't have a program at your colleges to invite the ROTC uh, programs or in your in your high schools to have, like on Veterans Day, to have veterans come in and talk, you know, the thing that we realize, Dave, is that we're not the first, and nor will we be the last. There are millions of veterans who were in line ahead of us that took the responsibility on their shoulders to risk their lives to to put us where we are that that wasn't free and this we're you know when you ask a, a veteran about it it's not trivial it's not a catchphrase i've had friends die and and you, and you have on active duty, they gave their lives. And, and, you know, that's something that you have some skin in the game with your for your country. And you can't tell me that, well, I work for the government and I, you know, shuffle papers for the VA. You might do that, but you never at one point put your life on the line, just like the police officers and firemen and EMTs. You put and the nurses exposed to diseases and thrashing patients, but they never put their put their lives on the line to to do that. And you know another thing, Dave, uh, we talked about this briefly yesterday. Why is it that if you get fired from a government job, that you don't get a dishonorable discharge? I mean, you were working for the government, and you just say you didn't show up for work one day, or you. Or whatever, and uh, you didn't get a dishonorable discharge, and so you're filling out a job application, and it says, "Well, did you ever get a dishonorable discharge from the government for any government job, from the Peace Corps to the VA to the, you know, whatever?" Well, I tell you what, the government really needs to think about is that when they give a soldier a dishonorable discharge that follows you the rest of your life, every time you apply for a job, the people that never stepped up, and that lets you know what you're up against in the military. This is serious stuff like, hey, 
I'm 18, you know, I'm, I'm barely a kid. I didn't know what was going on, man. It doesn't matter. You are an instant adult. The minute you raise your hand and you say, I will defend this country, and the next thing that happens is someone in that chain of command thinks you're really inappropriate and not fit to do it, they just don't say, have a nice day. You get a dishonorable discharge or less than honorable discharge. And so that's a, that's, Dave, it's like you said, that's a wake up call. When you raise your hand to defend the country, it's not, uh, crying your beer time. You've just become a man and you're going to, and a woman, uh, you're going to do grown up things and you're going to be held with grown up responsibility. Well, what about the people that never join? They don't, they don't, they don't risk getting a dishonorable discharge. That's a shocking, you know, when you just sit back and think about it, you know, let's say I'm applying for a job as a teacher, uh, for the government, you know, federal government teacher. And they go, by the way, if you walk off this job or don't cut your hair or appear drunk on duty, you're getting a dishonorable discharge. Why is it that that uh, the government doesn't seem to, to recognize this, Dave. You know, like, if when you hand a dishonorable discharge to a soldier that enlisted, that's that's ruined his career. What do you think about that, Dave? Oh, there's no question. And uh, the person that's judging him probably doesn't, hadn't served either and uh, doesn't know what that, you know, there's a there's a thing in the military. I don't. I can only address the army. I can't address any other branch. But in the army, you have a 201 file, and everything that you do, good or bad, is in that 201 file, and it determines. It ultimately determines your separation from the military is it an honorable or dishonorable discharge and it uh that 201 file is goes with you everywhere and uh it's it becomes a you get a DD214 which is uh after you've been after you've gotten your honorable discharge you have a DD-214 that is the paperwork that gives you your your status as it were and um, you know this is and again I don't know of a veteran that's not proud of their DD-214 or 201 filed, and I know I know exactly where my honorable discharge papers are, and I'm very proud of them. And you know, when I was discharged, and uh, it says right across the top of it, honorable, and I'm very proud of that. You know, uh, something else, Dave. Now that you're on that topic, you know, when you have a war, and our brothers and sisters in arms are getting killed. The word reparations comes to my mind. Let's just take a look at our war, the Vietnam War. 
you uh, were told to join the army, or you're gonna, your option was to go to prison. Now, there were conscientious objectors who could do things like that, but basically, uh, you're going to join the army and go to prison. And when you when you join the army, if you were killed, well, wait a minute, whoa, hang on. What did your parents get? Now, I've got three kids. My kids, probably, if dad and mom were kind of down on their luck, would kind of put them up in a house or send them a couple hundred dollars a month. What happens to the parents of the soldiers, of the 58,000 soldiers, and and I'm not even counting the 120,000 that have died from suicide or whatever. What happens to those parents? Do they get reparations? Does the government pay, let's call it a military dowry, to those parents, to those Gold Star families? Do they say, you know, the value of your son or daughter over a lifetime of taking care of you is worth something. Because we because they donated, they gave their lives to the country, you're going to get, let's say, a tax deduction of 80%, whatever. I don't, I, I don't see how that would cross anybody's morality or political boundaries. If you lose a son or daughter, as far as I'm concerned, why don't they run out if they're so worried about reparations, especially in California? How about the veterans that died? They were told, this is basically involuntary servitude. Those veterans, those 58,000 veterans that died in Vietnam, why aren't their parents getting a stipend from the government to take the place of what those kids, they don't get, I don't think they get anything. No. I think it maybe was, I'm pretty sure they don't. What about that? Why don't these genius people in recruitment there ever think about the parents? I mean, that's just one more thing, Dave. What do you think about that? I think it's it's a fantastic idea that, uh, again, for those that have never served, they wouldn't appreciate what you're saying as much as those that, that have served, and I think it's I think it's a great idea, and I don't know that uh, you could ever get Congress, such as it is, to go along with it. But I think it's a great idea. On that though, we're going to have to stop for a minute, take another break. You're listening to a Veterans Place on America's Web Radio, and be sure to tell your friends about this show. It is too good too meaningful to veterans and their friends and family not to be listening to it. We'll be back in just a moment. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Are you a veteran of Desert Shield or Desert Storm? We do a show for you every Monday at 1 p.m. on veteran-owned, americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on A Veteran's Place with Dr. Don Moeller, both dentist and MD, and uh, talking about 
what you know i think i think in many ways too many people take raising their hand and signing to join the military too lightly and uh, particularly during peacetime and yet during peacetime that's what they're there for to keep the peace if something happens uh like has happened with in Israel now uh we never know when we may call on our reservists to put on not only their uniform but their badge of courage to go into the front line or go into a um, hot spot we just don't know what's going to happen next and i think you've hit on a great point that if if a child is killed and you know they do give the VA does give something for the parents taking care of the child that's been wounded but for the parents that lose the child they've they've lost uh, an incredible asset both in someone they love dearly and someone that you know I think some of it comes back down to the culture that we grow up in particularly in the United States. The uh, the Orient has a whole difference of how they approach the family, the parents and the children or the children approaching the the parents compared to the United States. Everybody is sort of independent and on their own and they never think about the child helping the parent when the parents are old. So I think you've come across or or you've come up with a a fabulous idea if we could just get somebody to pay attention to it. Um, you, you know, Dave, you you, uh, you brought up something else again. Those communities uh, that are living on the street, the tent people. I, I think why why isn't there? You know, they're worried about the immigrants come piling in. Hey, you know, uh, that's a different issue, but they're taking care of them. Now, I want to know why the VA does not do an audit, does not go down to those people camping and finding out if there are any veterans. And here's my point. The veterans stood up to defend the country. They most likely have an honorable discharge. Why are the vet, the illegal immigrants, the undocumented whatever, according to our genius vice president, who, the cackle woman, but think about it. They ought to go down and find out if any of those homeless people are veterans. Why don't, they, why aren't they put up in hotels ahead of the, the migrants? You know, these geniuses, Austin and his pals, up there with the big conference and the recruiting generals in charge of recruitment, don't they get it? When you see veterans out there camped on the street, 
right along with the people that did not serve their country, why don't you go out there and, and, and put that on the news that 200 veterans were rescued from homeless camps and put in a, a VA something, you know? It's not, it, it's not right. And that just lets the people know, all the citizens of the United States, that an immigrant will be put up, if they make it to New York City, apparently in a hotel, and given a cell phone, but a veteran living in a tent on the street, I, I, I don't know. I'm not aware. Maybe, maybe there is a giant program, but I'm not aware of anyone that goes through and, like, doing that with that uh, survey, every, the census. Why don't you do a census and every veteran living in a tent, take his fingerprint. He, he's probably got it with him. In a couple minutes, you can get a result back, know who this guy is, because, ooh, don't you think they took our fingerprints when we joined, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> and take that veteran and put him in a special camp. Oh, you know, they're already putting people on military bases. Well, I think it's time that you take every veteran that's living homeless on the street and give him the same rights as some foreign person, not that never stood up for the country that you're housing on a base. That, that has broken into our country. Yeah. And, and, and so they need the, these generals need to be reminded. That's the message that the veterans can fall through the floor. If you're an illegal entrant, no, no, you, you get a cell phone, food and whatever. That's the message they're sending. And that's the message these, young patriots think about when they think about joining the army, if they said, you know, if I really fall off the the, the boards and, and, and get to the bottom in the basement of life, the military, my brethren in arms are going to come and get me, take me to a post and put me in a clean barracks and help me get my life in order. But I won't be sleeping on the street with uh, with the other people, and I mean, these people need to be these veterans need to be rescued. They don't. Well, you know, they're aware of the program. Sure, they are. They they watch CNN all the time on the street. You know, that's garbage. You know the the, the message that the VA sends, and they send it loud and clear. We don't care. We don't care whether you served in Vietnam are in Chicago, we don't care. And they're wondering why recruiting is is bad. Is it if you don't want to go to work for a company that at the, on the front end says, we don't care. You want to go to work for a company that says, we care and we'll take care of you now and in the future. You do us right, we do you right. But when a young person looks, like you said, they're not blind. They see the veterans, and there are there are a number. And generally speaking, by the way, Don, the, the agencies or the people that give the count on how many veterans are on the street are generally speaking independent of the of the government. I've got a friend that has a street ministry 
that she keeps up with how many are are veterans and how many are just street people. And there's a big difference. And, you know, <laughs> believe it or not, and I, I don't know many veterans that have lived on the street, but I can assure you each one of them is looking for something. And they're looking for the camaraderie of the other veteran, the other person that's gone through what they've gone through, to be able to relate to somebody as opposed to just being there drifting in a world of whatever. Right. And they're, those veterans that are on the street, they... They can't wait until they can hook up with another veteran that, you know, knows what they've gone through and knows what each other has gone through. And some some of the veterans that are on the street say, you know, particularly I think this is true of the Vietnam veterans that are on the street. I'd rather be out here with other veterans than locked in a, a closet somewhere where I can't relate and I can't yeah, they, have the fresh air. That's exactly my point. They, the, the VA and these generals for recruiting need to be proactive. Now, have you ever not, now here's a study, and I'll tell you something you can do on your own. Look at Fox News, CNN, CBS. Look at the silly stories they have. Oh, this movie star is shacking the sky. This, the, the squad is saying this and that. Go down and see how many of the stories have to do with veterans. Zero. I had to get our story about PTSD and veterans and oral health. And oral health isn't just cavities and, and brushing your teeth. It has to do with headaches and nightmares and other and thrashing around at night, okay? There is not a news station, Fox included, that is interested in that story that affects 2 million veterans and not one single news source, and I've written to 30 of them, has taken any interest in this, in this story about our veterans. What happens? Did the veterans ask to get PTSD? No, they didn't. Now they're living on the street and they have substance abuse. Well, you know what? When they're trying to erase some of the crap that they saw, how is that the responsibility of the veteran? The VA needs to be proactive. And they say, well, they don't want to live in a hotel room. Well, you know what? Then put up some freaking green GP tents with a mess hall for them. And let them recover. But the excuse isn't, well, they don't, of course they don't want to come in because their brain's been jacked around. You know, that, so what have we talked about? We talked about the government giving dishonorable discharges. Well, if you don't join, you don't worry about that. You catch a nice case of PTSD, one out of five soldiers probably will. Those are the statistics. Well, you won't catch it if you don't join. Well, 
a couple other things you're not going to catch either. Your parents aren't going to have to live without you and not get any kind of compensation. It, how did the geniuses not come up with these ideas, Dave? Uh, I mean, we came up with them in about 10 minutes. I don't get it. Well, I think it comes back to what I said earlier. They don't care. If it's going to amount to another two or three sheets of paper on their desk or having to read a email and take their valuable time away from things that really do matter, like what AOC says and, you know, the things that they think their constituency care about, then they don't care. Right now we're going to have to take another break, and uh, we'll be back with Don and just Don Moeller, Dr. Don Moeller, in just a minute, and uh, more of a veteran's place. And, you know, you've, you've unearthed some very interesting points. And not only is the veteran forgotten, but the, uh, the parents are too. So we'll be back in just a moment. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Attention veterans with PTSD. If you can't sleep at night, listen to A Veteran's Place, hosted by Dr. Don Moeller, at 10 a.m., every Thursday, for your answer to sleeping, here on the Veteran Station, owned by a vet, with shows just for vets. AmericasWebRadio.com You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on a Veteran's Place on America's Web Radio. And uh, Don has unearthed a very interesting question. And it would be, you know... I would say there would be several different aspects to this. The young man or woman that's killed in, on active duty or killed in the service uh, that has parents that are elderly, that's one thing. And then there are the others that have parents that are fairly young and will live the rest of their life without their their child. And both of them present very interesting questions. And like you said, to my knowledge and to your knowledge, no one has ever addressed that issue. Um, the most they get out of it is a folded flag. And yeah. that's it. Well, you know, one thing, Dave, uh, the uh, there's a the fellow that founded Victoria's Secret. He's a multi-billionaire, whatever. He funded Harvard, some kind of program. Well, after they knocked Israel, he just said, "I'm I'm withdrawing my money." You don't have to give a reason for not joining the army or military or navy, air force, marines, coast guard, whatever. You don't have to give a reason. And and the young people today are going. We don't have to give you a reason why we're not joining. You know, it's not like, uh, oh, you know, this is a tax that, that you, you have to pay or get a get a exemption. 
No. It's pretty obvious uh, that none of this is being taken care of, and they have no interest at all. Think about it. I was, I've uh, restored old military vehicles. Uh, I had about 12 of them until I gave them to the uh, African-American Museum in Hattiesburg, and it's going to be opening hopefully within six, eight months. But my point is the government gives reasons why it can't participate in parades, why it won't participate. We have a veterans event down here in Columbus. Uh, it's a, a, a nice gentleman, uh, a radio producer, uh, TV guy, is putting on a veterans golf tournament. The military won't bring any stuff out. Oh, no, no, you know, the museum stuff stays here. And yet they expect, they expect the government, the, the military, that, that people are going to join the military just by drifting in. Well, they don't see the military. They, they, you know, we bring our jeeps and I bring my old army scout track and let the people look in there and contact because we have veterans there. They don't support that. In fact, the military refuses to, and they look for reasons to not participate. Yeah, you know, they, they know how to make mandates for COVID to wear a mask, and they know how to enforce it, and you get an ID. Why are there no mandates in the budget to fund that a city won't get funding unless they uh, hold a veterans parade? You know how we got one started in Columbus? Well, the Columbus Antique Military Organization, CAMO, we started one again that had men in thir- one had men in thirty years driving our jeeps down the street. Well, you know they can block city funding if you don't have transsexual bathrooms, but they sure don't have a regulation that says if you don't have two veterans parades a year, you're going to lose X amount of funding. Did you notice that, Dave? Well, when it comes to proactive treatment of veterans, there's no reg- regulations. You know how the military and how most organizations have gotten around flyovers? They, uh, they schedule the flyovers or the pilots. Pilots have to, to keep active, have to log so many hours. And so they make sure that those hours are logged during a flyover. You know, something else I was thinking about, and maybe it's just me, but, you know, taking the flag and taking the Pledge of Allegiance out of schools, can you imagine, I I know that I still get chill bumps when I'm in a position that there's an honor guard, you know, a parade of the colors. And if we had enough veterans and enough organizations that we could have honor guards come into the classrooms and do their thing, I wonder how many young folks would decide, you know, I think I want to be a part of that. Yeah, it's. It's the cancel culture. Yeah. It's the, here's the problem. You now have the cancel culture dictating 
university uh, attitudes and stances with respect to the military. You've got schools, high schools, liberals that say, well, we don't want these in the public library. Well, when you listen to a liberal, it's kind of like listening to a teenager after his first doses of getting into dad's liquor closet. They make no sense, and they have no idea what's going to happen the next day. Liberal, the- liberal uh, theocracy is, <laughs> or democracy anti- uh, leads to a dead end. Look now at what Henry Kissinger said uh, about all the, tr- the migration into Europe. They should have never opened their doors. Now, I'm proud. My dad was a German immigrant. But he came in, he waited, he went through it, his family went through Ellis Island. They didn't push their way in through the southern border. The, the, the rules have changed. And so now they want the veterans, and we got another war coming up uh, if it hasn't started before we finish the broadcast. But they want young patriots to join the military and to... And what do they have for them? They see illegal immigrants getting better care than the veterans on the street. And they think they're going to change that with some glitzy advertising. It's amazing. It's just truly amazing that they think the – oh, and I'll make a quick comment. The Internet, I made a comment to the VA. I said, you do know that – your motto, to serve him, I mean them, those, who have borne the battle. Now, those are in concrete and bronze in front of the uh, of the VA, but they also see veterans 90% can't get care at the VA. Now, those are the veterans that go online and tell the truth. So... In the old days, you had an uncle or cousin or whatever who was in the military and say, nah, you know, there's always some guys that whatever. But now all they hear instantly on the Internet is, I can't get care at the VA. And that's they're not going to erase that with some glitzy advertising. It's a whole new different world that they really don't uh, know what's going on. And it comes back to the one word care and they don't have uh, your point being is um, who's in charge of the VA a veteran no go ahead ask another question Dave make this one a hard one ask if he's ever had a health professional license go ahead Dave ask me (laughs) well the VA touts the fact that they give medical care to veterans has the person in charge of the VA Ever had any kind of medical license? Uh, no, Dave. And, and, and let me tell you, the VA has three things that it does. It does medical care. It does research. And the people that run it should be hospital administrators because it's the largest research organization in the world and the largest healthcare organization in the world. The secretary of the VA has never held a medical health profession, dental, any kind of health profession license, fact one. Fact two, he's never, Mr. Dennis McDonough, 
has never published a paper, done a clinical study, even probably finished nothing more than a basic biology course, and is running the world's largest research organization. And let's let's give him three strikes. What's the third one? Oh yeah. He's running he's administrating the world's largest healthcare organization and he's never been a hospital administrator. So that's who the the Congress approved to head our VA. Is it surprising? And I'm gonna stick stick my nose here in the grinder. There's not a single dentist or physician working on oral health problems for those with PTSD. In fact, there's not a single dentist working as a researcher in the VA and never has. So you know who's going to do the research on the dental and oral health? Nobody. That's how they prevent veterans from getting oral health care, because they don't do research on it because they don't care. How about that, Dave? I think every veteran should be sent a letter saying that their VA doesn't care and that the director of the VA has had no military experience, no administrative experience, no medical experience whatsoever. Yeah, and that's, you know, I, I you just wonder if they, imagine they go into basic training, and after one week of training, they 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 pick a guy, some private, and they say, you're going to be the new secretary of the Army. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he'd look around and go, what's going on? Well, that's what they did with the VA. They took a, a political presidential staffer, Dennis McDonough, and said, you're going to run the VA, and Congress approved it. Some guy that's never been to medical school, you know, the best went to medical school. Never went to medical school, never did research, doesn't have a PhD in research, and never was an administrator, and that's who Congress wants to run the program for 16 to 18 million veterans, some guy that's never done it. You know, Dave, I think I'd like to go fly a 747. I've had, I think it's six hours of, of flight training in a Cessna. Yeah. According to uh, the same criteria for the, I could probably, shuttle patients on a 747 for the VA. What do you think? Well, that that prop and the jet, they're just the same. They keep the airplane in the air. With that, we're going to have to get out of here, let people think about what you've said today. As always, very important, and veterans have to stick together and demand that we get our right. And we'll be back next week with A Place for Veterans. Dr. Don Moeller, our host, and, Don, as always, thank you, and it was an excellent show and has given a lot of parents and veterans something to think about this week. How are the parents taken care of? We'll be back next week with A Place for Veterans only on America's Web Radio. Thanks, Don. Bye, buddy. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.